Welcome to Faith in the Flats, a Dolores Mission podcast. Dolores Mission is a little church with a big heart in the Russian Flats neighborhood in Boyle Heights, Los Angeles. We are the birthplace of Homeboy Industries, the Guadalupe Homeless Project, Dolores Mission School, and many other life-impacting ministries. We're excited to share with you stories of resilience, faith, love, and compassion from our community to yours. Welcome to Faith in the Flats. Happy to have you back again. And on this episode, which is our final episode for this season, Father Brendan and I are back together. And it's great to be back. Good to see you, Karina. (laughs) Great to see you. Yeah. So it's been a little while. It has been. But uh, it's been a great episode. I don't know about you, but I've been hearing lots of good things, lots of good feedback from people. People seem to really enjoy it. They love people who know Dolores Mission, just love listening to it. People who don't are kind of learning more about Dolores Mission. So it's been really great to work on. So thank yeah. You. yeah, it's been fun to uh, pass out. You know, we've been handing little QR codes to folks at our golf tournament and at the Homeboy Run. So it's been fun just to get our, our stories out. And it's been a, a great way to let people know what we're about. Yeah. So, yeah. I confess, it's a little. It was a secret dream of mine to be a Jesuit, Ira Glass, and so this is the closest <laughs> I feel like I just carry around in my heart a little bit of my identity as a podcast superstar. So, thank you for for inviting me into this. We're yeah. making your dreams come true. That's Dolores Mission. That's what we do. Yeah. Well, well, today we're just going to recap a little bit about our episodes and talk a little bit more about Dolores Mission. It's funny because. Since we met, well, the first episode was in springtime when we were still sort of shut down, right? And since then, everything opened up. But then we've been talking a lot about the roots of Dolores Mission and the women of Dolores Mission. And that's been coming up in the last couple of months, which I just found so fascinating, right? Like all these different voices and lens and the why of Dolores Mission keeps popping up. And I think it's, I think it's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a strange time for all of us, but uh, you know, I was at dinner the other day with somebody and we were talking about, you know, Father Justin from associate pastor here at Dolores Mission. He asked a question to the table, you know, what has kept you grounded during this pandemic? And everybody shared different things, but I would say like this this uh podcast has been one of the things. It's been grounding because in a time where everything feels different, to be able to sort of get back to the roots of things, right? The heart of what makes us who we are, like what keeps us going. And for me, there was a moment in the pandemic where it switched from a year to live through or to survive. And it turned into something like a place I really want to live from, you know, things that we're learning about ourselves. And so, like you say, like getting back to the history of Dolores Mission and listening to the stories of Rob and Ellie and thinking with them about all the other great people in this community, uh, it's just been really consoling to know that even in these crazy times, and Dolores Mission has lived through a lot of different crazy moments, mm-hmm. that there's something that's sacred and grounding and true uh, in this place uh, that that we can always go back to, you know, that we can always sort of drink from that well whenever we want to. So... Yeah, this has been a real gift to us, I think, to have this opportunity to reflect and and hopefully for other people, like the reminders that it's not just about what happens at Dolores Mission, but 
like I've said, that Dolores Mission is kind of evangelical in that sense, that it wants to spread that good news, that it's not, you don't just have to come here to find the goodness of God, that this is a place that witnesses how the goodness of God will be present in all the unexpected places of your lives, you know, so, yeah. But how was that conversation with Rob? How was it to, I know you love Rob a lot, and, and you guys seem to have a good time, uh, his he was just very joyful and throughout the whole conversation and grateful. So what do you remember about that conversation? It was a wonderful conversation. Um, you know, we were at an event with Proyecto a few weeks ago where Esperanza Vasquez spoke and Ruliz also spoke. And they they really painted for me a picture of what Rob stepped in onto yeah. right at Dolores Mission and what he was talking about Ruliz the motel and the housing projects and how they would be playing basketball and then shots fired, mm-hmm. right? And then Esperanza very graciously said it started from the comunidades de base, the base communities where they reflected on the gospel. Yeah. And I, you know, it was so fascinating to hear Rob's perspective. And then we were listening to our community's perspective, like what they live through. And so... I can only imagine with Rob the desire to help and support and then how he said, but they knew how to do it themselves, right? right? That they already had the tools. What we were going to bring wasn't necessarily going to work, right? Like their model from St. Bede's, but they knew what they needed to do. And that's exactly what Esperanza, you know, shared. And with that was born Proyecto Pastoral. Yeah. So it, you know, and then for Rob to just continue to come year after year. And I think there, there must be like some deep satisfaction to see what we're, what we're doing all together. Right. We we can't do it without his support. And, you know, and then we, we watched a video, the prospect of joy, right. which is on YouTube. If anybody's interested, you can check it out. Um, and we talk, well, not we, but the video talks about the passing of Stephanie, who was a little girl in the, in the neighborhood and was gunned down when she was riding her bike. And in the video, there's a photographer who comes and takes pictures, and he said there's an aura of uh, Dolores Mission. There's like there's something, right? And we're talking about what makes us so special or what makes Dolores Mission unique. And Father Mike Mandala, rest in peace. He was the former pastor at um, Blessed Sacrament and then uh, president at Verbum Day. He used to tell me, you guys have sex appeal. (laughs) 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 He's so sweet. He's like, there's something about Dolores' mission. You guys just have sex appeal. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's enticing, right? It's attractive. The good, uh, the beautiful, the true, there's something in us that gets drawn to it. And I think that one thing I love about Dolores Mission is that at first glance, it doesn't maybe seem like the place that is good and true and beautiful, but it doesn't take long for people to to sort of recognize that aura that you're talking about, that kind of special spirit. And then you get you get fascinated by it. You get curious about it and you draw closer. And so often we say, you know, like you might well, in the Jesuits, sometimes we say in vocation, you might join for the wrong reasons, but you stay for the right ones, you know? Like, you might have shown up in this place thinking, I'm going to be the savior, I'm going to help. But I think Rob's story is a good example of that. Surely he had good intentions and wanted to help, but he quickly realized 
that he wasn't the expert about what needed to happen. And and I know a lot of folks in the Smith family have said that to me a million times, how much they've felt helped and supported and 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 that they've learned so much from this community uh, about what it means to be family, what it means to be generous. And yeah, I don't know, that aura that kind of attracts us, you know, it's, it, it, I, I have like the old cartoons where like the smell of the pie kind of gets into the, <laughs> the person's nose and they get dragged in a new direction. Um, but I love that idea that we can be fascinated by that, what's beautiful and surprised by it sometimes in places that we didn't expect it to be. And how did your conversation with Ellie go? Oh my gosh, I wish I could talk to Ellie every day, you know? I, I think I said in the podcast, because we were doing it via Zoom, because she's over in Florida these days, and uh, so I had I had her on Zoom, and just watching her face as she talks, I just wish the one thing about this podcast that everybody, we need to do a video behind the scenes series, you know, next time we talk to Ellie, because you can't look at Ellie without seeing just coming out of her that aura is like a laser beam of joy that just <laughs> like comes out of her. So, but, and we have to let people know that Ellie met the Pope, right? My God, from the little corner of Third and Glass all the way to Roma, she shook his hand. She did. She did. That's yeah. amazing. With her new project, the Discerning Deacons mm-hmm. Project, um, recently, yeah, Ellie had the. The privilege, the honor, and the Pope had the privilege, I would say, of meeting <laughs> Ellie, you know. But, um, but yeah, no, I think one thing about my conversation with her, like thinking about it, and our first conversation, you know, we kind of started with this question, well, what's special about Dolores Mission? And, and we went about it by asking our own, like looking at our own stories. Well, what was, what was that thing that attracted us? What was the moment of our life that we found ourselves in? that then when we got here, maybe something surprised us or changed or we got, you know, seduced by it, the sex appeal. <laughs> <laughs> and Ellie, like naturally, it was easy for her to tell that story. And it's so much like the story of Dolores' mission for her is so much the story, a big part of the story of her life, right? That that she was doing other things before. She was a writer. She was married. Um and somehow, like Dolores Mission became a place where she came in and and found herself, found her vocation. It was a story of discernment, right? Her asking questions about what she wanted to study, what she wanted to do with those studies. Um, that it was a story of healing for her, and for that she encountered a, a community of women with Father Mike Kennedy that were doing real work around healing. Uh, I obviously, you know me, I'm the writer, so I go in with this image, and I had always thought of Ellie, my image of Ellie is her standing in the intersection here in front of the church, just greeting everybody, parents and children coming and going, and everybody knows Ellie, and Ellie seems to know everybody. So that that image of encounter is one thing I think about a lot with Ellie. Um, but the way that that encounter for her is always just one of, I think it's reverence, it's love that that's what I see in her face when we're talking throughout that podcast episode. What I saw in her face was just that radiant love that she has for these people uh, and this place. Um, and I think what that does is it invites me. I left that conversation feeling even more committed to my own life here at Dolores Mission, my own discernment about, well, how did my life lead me here and what is this place doing to me? Um, 
so yeah, conversation with Ellie was just super special. If you haven't listened to the episode, go back to that one. Just put it on repeat. Um, uh, but yeah, but I think it's it was instructive, you know, that this place is a place where our life stories are welcome and then somehow mysteriously sort of transformed in, in ways we never expected. Yeah. Yeah. I really liked our our episode too when we talked about the history mm-hmm. of Boyle Heights. And since then, I want to recommend to folks, I've actually been given, well, I have to Paul, um, thank Paul Workman because he gave me this suggestion. There's a book called Boyle Heights, How a Los Angeles Neighborhood Became the Future of American Democracy by George Sanchez, who's a USC professor. He grew up in Boyle Heights and writes from from indigenous people all the way to now. It's a fabulous, fabulous book. It was so funny. One day I was driving around the neighborhood and I don't know why I was mad. I was I don't know why I was in a bad mood and I was I drove down Cesar Chavez, down Soto, up to come across back on first. And I I was looking at everything that was wrong. And mm, I was like, mm-hmm. oh there's you know, unhoused people like, oh there's a politician's house. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's graffiti. Oh, and I was like, you know, I was really angry. Like, yeah. you know, and then, and then I don't know what made me like, like snap out of it. Like I was like, this is like history. This is like, this is like the future. This is like so many people have lived here and had lives here, like Jewish people and then the Japanese and then the Latinos and now Central Americans, right? And and then then somehow I don't know what sh- made me shift, but then I everything that I saw was like, oh, this is beautiful, like this is a hundred year old house, or this is, you know. Then I went past St. Mary's, like this is just a beautiful church, just a school, you know. Here's Hollenbeck Park. Think of the quinceanera. <laughs> yeah. I literally had to like shift it because I was looking at everything that was wrong, and then. I, catching myself in that and then I was like nope I have to switch it up you know but what an honor and what a privilege to be able to work in Boyle Heights I didn't grow up here but I definitely am interested in the history so I I purchased that book I think I've purchased like 10 copies I've been giving them out to donors I'm reading it myself I gifted it to my staff it's a great book it's a great book have you read it yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Father Greg gave it to me, actually. He did? Well, we had been talking about it, and I said, oh, it's one on my list, and he had finished it, and he, he often does me the the proper of sort of leaving a book at my at my door, so I'm grateful for that. But, but yeah, you know, I love your story because we started with this question, what makes this place special, right? And I like this. I like to challenge that because I'm not sure being special is what we really want to be. We don't want to be different than the rest of the world. We want to know whatever's special about this place is probably whatever's sacred about all places, you know. But like your story, driving through the neighborhood, in one mood or another, they're the same streets. It's the same neighborhood. But there's a posture. I think this is very Ignatian in our spirituality there's a posture we can take towards that reality that says it's not special, right? Einstein, I think, said either everything is a miracle or nothing is, right? So we could look at the world and say, you know, it's all garbage. It doesn't mean anything. Or sometimes I think what is special about Dolores' mission is something's happened here that broke open that the lie of that to say this is a God-forsaken place or this is a, a place that, you know, isn't as good as other places, 
something happened here where that lie got revealed and the truth started breaking out that no this place is sacred like every other place it's sacred in its own way mm-hmm. but that i think what's happened in your life and in rob's life and ellie's life and my own life and everybody that that loves dolores mission is that something broke open and they realized oh wait a minute this place is sacred or this part of me right i think that's what's beautiful to this place for me about this place for me is it breaks our hearts open um where we can start to see our own sacredness you know and we see uh, we start to accept things about ourselves and we can turn to other people and accept things about them well this was a wonderful first run i have to thank our producer and our executive producer mr rodriguez and miss basio for leading us, we just show up and just get to talk. And We're just they the do talent. It. I mean, I hang out in my trailer <laughs> doing the makeup thing and the hair thing, and then I just walk on set and it's already. I know. You're a rock star. <laughs> <laughs> no, big shout out to the tech team. Yeah, so thank you. And this is going to wrap up our first season. Yeah. We'll start our second season of Faith in the Flats around springtime. Right. And what, what are we looking forward to? What kinds of... Uh, what, there's other places to explore. So there's what are things? so many voices to hear from. Yeah. There's so many stories to learn about, and we do have confirmed Rita Chaires, who is a community member and um, a big player in the restorative justice world. But we plan on speaking to folks from Proyecto Pastoral, from our school, from our church, former students donors and even a Dolores mission parent so we're really excited right we could do infinite number of podcasts there's so many stories to tell so many people around here that have yeah I think that that image you know just like opening up their story is just another way to get at what's sacred about this place so no I look forward to it I look forward to season two here we go yeah yeah All right. Well, thank you. Uh, That'll wrap up this little recap episode of our first season. Um, But we look forward to more. And and I would say, you know, I think a lot about how uh, Ignatian spirituality helps me to understand what's happening here, not just understand it, but to appreciate it. And so like all of the kids in our school, uh, we've tried this podcast to finish with a little version of the examine, right? A little just taking a few deep breaths and looking back at our days. to sort of capture that, where has God been at work? Where has our heart been beating? Where has our heart been broken open recently? Uh, so for all of you, our listeners, we just appreciate your accompaniment, uh, your support in this process. Uh, and we just finished this podcast, you know, uh, asking you, inviting you, uh, wherever you are. Maybe you're driving home from work or to work, or maybe you're sitting somewhere peacefully. But wherever you are, just take a few moments right now. Take a few deep breaths. Feel yourself uh, embodied in in this time and in this space. And before looking forward to what you hope to do next, just take a brief look backwards at where God has been present in your life lately. Maybe ask that simple question, where has my heart been broken open? Where have I heard the heartbeat of the Holy Spirit in my life? For what am I grateful for? And with that heart full of gratitude, then 
wherever you are, wherever you're going, just know that Dolores Mission is here, always holding it down here in the flats uh, with great faith, with great hope, with great love. Uh, that we just hope you spend the rest of this day and the rest of your week always uh, in that spirit. Where'd you feel the heart beating of Dolores Mission? My goodness. I feel it so many places, you know. I think um, uh, this last weekend, um, we're starting to do Mass Inside for the first time. Uh, So the smaller Masses uh, in the first time, and the school Masses, right? We split the school into... And I think there's something about that. The first Mass I celebrated with the community inside... We sing, you know, uh, the song, you know, we're going to the house of the Lord or something like that. And and I looked at the people, I said, how good is it for us to be in the house of the Lord? And everybody kind of applauded because, you know, we're back inside the church. And then after that, I said, well, but, you know, it's always been our house, too, you know, so it's not going to somebody else's house. It's coming home. And a little simple moment like that just felt like a little, you know, what's the difference? La Plaza is beautiful, too. We're still celebrating there. But something about getting back inside the church was actually really consoling. And just to see how the community love the church and how they they love being together inside, feeling themselves at home. That was probably where I saw the heart beating. Yeah. Um, I saw the heart beating actually at our school mass too. But it's it's not like that it was reverent. Everything went wrong the first mass. <laughs> <laughs> like everything went wrong. I literally started laughing, crying at the piano because (laughs) (laughs) like the first 10 minutes were like a disaster and all I could do is just laugh. Um, But in that space of laughing, I don't know, I just felt a lot of, a lot of joy hearing the kids sing, you know, the novices um, wrote and directed and created a play about St. Ignatius for our kids, which was fantastic. Oh, it was hilarious. So so just like just being there and just accepting that in these moments of craziness, like we we just get through it and you know what I mean? And, and nobody gets hung, hung up on the perfect mass or the perfect song or how the kids read. Like it was a little bit of a disaster, but that's okay. That's, that's who that's we are. That's right. <laughs> fully human, fully divine. There we are. All right, Brendan, thank you again, and I'll see you. I'll still see you around. Yeah, (laughs) you're not going to avoid me. Uh, But yeah, thank you, Karina. Thank you to everybody uh, for this podcast. We look forward to seeing you again next time in uh, maybe the spring coming year. We'll pick up some more stories. All right. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you.